Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Relatable. I am thrilled about the guests that I have for you today. Emma-Kate Rose and Robert Pekin are founders of a wonderful social enterprise business in Brisbane called Food Connect. Really what they are all about is democratising the food system supporting local farmers in Brisbane since around 2004 and they run Australia's first ever community-owned food hub. Emma-Kate or EK as she's called and Rob came to me around five and a half years ago. They were having some troubles in their marriage, there were some issues going on in their business and I'm really excited to have them here today because I think they're a wonderful example of what's possible when you get help and you're prepared to do what it takes to look in this direction, find out how you can improve your marriage and your life. And I think what's wonderful is they do answer that question that I know many of you have, which is, well, what happens after we finish? Does this last? Is this really helpful and is it worth it? And, you know, there is, I think, a little bit of shame in Australia around getting help around your marriage. And I really wanted to have them on because they're happy to talk about the work that we did and they're happy to talk about the fact that they even got help in the first place. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful interview with EK and Rob. How are you? I'm absolutely fantastic. I really am. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. We met five and a half years ago. Yeah. How long had you been running Food Connect at that point? So that would have been in our, just after our 10 year, we only just had a pretty bad downturn in the business through an online ordering system failure that causes, causes a few issues. <laughs> a lot of across, issues. Across, a lot of issues. Across the spectrum. And because we're fairly firm believers in, in self-development and personal growth and not running away from issues. Um, <laughs> probably a lot of our issues stem from not running away from issues, <laughs> taking everything head on. But yes, that's how Emma come across you and had a bit of a conversation. And that's where things started. I mean, we could blame the business for our issues, <laughs> but there's always stuff there and it yeah. takes, you know, a crisis of some sort to really magnify what is always going on anyway, I think. So, yeah, as Robert said, you know, we tried a few different things and it wasn't until a friend of mine, actually, who had met you through a different program, suggested that you, that I have a chat to you initially, just regarding, because she knew that you specialised in relationships. So, I thought, yep, okay, let's do that. Yeah, we just started working with you remotely, because we're based in Brisbane, with you over the phone and over Zoom and... And I five and a half years later. I mean, not that they're working with me now. Okay, guys, this is they haven't been working for me for <laughs> half years. We worked together probably for about, I guess, three to six months, and then you came on that retreat, Emma Kate, that I ran up near Byron. I did a women's only program. Yeah, that was a women's only program, and and I was I was basically working with Emma Kate and Rob around their marriage and their relationship, and then it 
Emma Cates did a retreat with me and various other things and you've been to events I've run in Melbourne and, and we've kept in touch over the years and they're yeah. just wonderful, wonderful people and I think a wonderful example of what's possible when you're prepared to get some help, put yourself out there, have that willingness to look inside yourself. I've just seen Emma Kate and Rob go from strength to strength in so many ways, not only in their marriage and their relationship, but the extraordinary things they are doing with the Food Connect Shed. They just raised, what was it, $2.116 million. $2.116 million to publicly raise the funds they could buy the warehouse that they'd been running their business out of for over 10 years. I mean, that was just extraordinary. Because of that, they're just doing some amazing things in Brisbane. So I highly recommend you go and check them out. They run all sorts of events and education programs, you know, the produce, the farmers that they deal with and all the small businesses that now come and work and utilise the kitchen equipment and all the other things that Food Connect Shed in Brisbane is, is really extraordinary. So I really wanted to have you guys on today because I think sometimes when people are looking for help, the big question is, will it last? Does it really work? And what happens when we stop? Does that mean we just go backwards? And I think you guys are a really great example of what's possible around that. And five and a half years down the track, not saying you don't have your moments, we all do. I'm very open about the fact that I have moments with my husband. For me, anyway, the quality of my marriage is incomparable to where it was before. And my husband and my ability to get over things you know, when we have our differences to come back and be in partnership and be a team is, I think, really incredible based on where we were before this understanding. So I really wanted to have you guys on because I think that is a wonderful thing for people to see because I think in Australia, there's some sort of thing around getting help that somehow if you need to get help around your relationship, if you need to talk to someone, that means you're some sort of a failure, that that you really should know how to do this stuff. We're expected to be good at relationships, but most of us aren't so hot at it. It's not anybody's fault. It's just there's a lot of conflicting information, a lot of myths and a lot of, I think, very unhelpful stuff out there that kind of points people in the wrong direction. We have such high expectations to not just mums and great dads, but also, you know, to be the best partner, to, you know, be the best person at your workplace. Like there's just... It's really strange in a way that absolutely no training apart from observing your, your own parents and that as you were said before, if you're born in Australia, there's this um, stoic, I'm going to do it, you know, on my own. And, and if I go and, you know, have a chat to someone outside of, the, you know, the, the pub, I'm a bit of a failure. I'm a bit weak. Can't sort it out themselves. It re- really is quite a perplexing situation that for such for something that's so important in our lives and so important, not in just in their relationship with each other, but relationships in business, relationships in um, your community and all the things, particularly what we're involved in, that, that there's no real sort of instruction because we don't know a lot about this stuff. So that conversation, I remember my first conversation with you was so refreshing because we just don't talk about this enough. Yeah, let alone, you know, from someone like yourself who's got a little bit of experience in the, in the space. And you're right, Rob, there is this real stigma, isn't there, out mm. there that, that somehow that means something. And then, of course, there's one thing to get help and there's another thing to admit that you've gotten help. I think it's fantastic that you guys are prepared to come on my podcast and admit that you've gotten help and do so publicly. 
Always tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. You guys are trailblazers, you know, because I think it's so important. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think relationships can be easy. Mm. But there is so much conflicting information out there that makes them look really hard and it makes it look like the mountain's so high to climb that the easiest option is to just walk away. You know, knowing what I now know and what you guys now know, what's been your biggest learnings from the time we've spent together, do you think? My one, and it always has been since that first conversation, is it's okay to not have it all right. As you say, it's, it's celebrating the imperfections that really is at the centre of you anyway as a person uh, because all these expectations are on us being perfect and being really good at this stuff. Whereas in actual fact, the opposite for me, it's just finding the better me that exists inside of all those, you know, so-called imperfections. So that takes all the pressure off and allows us to celebrate each other and that diversity and that the, the, the quirks and the warts and those things is such a blessing to have that knowledge or to have that experience. Allowing yourself to unfold a greater you that's in, inside without trying to be better. So it's not about being better, it's actually removing all the stuff that actually stops you from being who you really are deep down, mm-hmm. which, which is the core of our humanity. Yeah, so those annoyances become funny rather than annoying, hey? <laughs> you know, in Emma, I know it's in Emma because how quickly she gets over things now compared to in the past is just, you know, like it would be a week to two weeks. Now it's, it can be over in two to three minutes. Yeah. Whatever it was that was blocking. Well, sometimes seconds you know. and you don't even see it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite extraordinary. That's the big difference, as you yeah. said before, you know, how quickly in the, in, when, we were, when we were talking earlier. Yeah. That was probably the biggest difference I noticed where I was starting to go, wow, this stuff is, this, this is working. Mm. And, and it felt, felt, right, felt all right too. It wasn't like all the other things that we've done. It was very different from all the other yeah. things. It wasn't forced. It wasn't, you know, didn't have these mm. sort of, this real pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I think which for me, it was more about because I had such high expectations of everyone around me and myself, it kind of translated into needing to control a lot of things. When I lost that control, I would go into extreme anxiety about all sorts of stuff. And that just had its own chain reaction into every part of my life. It didn't matter where, where the problem was. <laughs> It just eventually affected everything. And so, you know, slowly coming to the understanding, because it did take me a long time because I am such a cause and effect analytical type of person. I needed to really understand tangibly how it worked, how, you know, our true health, mental health actually worked because it's something that's so hard to articulate and put into words and read on a piece of paper or get in a step-by-step instruction toolkit, it was really challenging for me initially. But once I gave myself the time to just um, relax around it, things started happening a lot a lot faster. And I find that it's, it's constantly improving. Yeah, the understanding's deepening. It's really interesting. Because I'm such a harsh critic of myself, traditionally, I'm not anymore around Robert. I'm not anymore at home. And I'm not so much anymore at Food Connect. I'm very relaxed. And that's the thing about this kind of deeper understanding about our well-being is that we're still human and we still have moments where 
We don't necessarily respond in the way that we would like to or with as much compassion or with as much love for ourselves and others. But that's okay. It's sort of like a judgment zone now. But I love what you've said because for so many people, when we go to look for help, we think that, well, I feel better now and it should be this way forever. And yeah. it's like, well, the nature of the human experience is up and down. That's, and this is something people don't understand. The nature of being human is up and down. You know, yeah. like the tide goes in, the tide goes out. We breathe in, yeah. we breathe out. That is the very nature of being human. So at times our thinking tanks. It just tanks. Now, mm. what is so wonderful about this understanding is you, you start to notice when it's tanked. And instead of being worried about that because you understand the nature of thought and, the, and our experience and how, how changeable it is and how it changes on its own, there's nothing for you to do except be patient and wait for it to shift into something else. And it does so automatically. I think for me that was just such a relief, so comforting, life-changing. You can tell that, you know, when there's conflict between my husband and I, it's because my thinking has tanked. It's yeah. not because there's something wrong with him or our marriage. That mm-hmm. distinction is huge for people because we tend to use our feelings yeah. as a gauge as well, to how the relationship's going. And, and they're not. Feelings are a very unreliable gauge. Right? And we use our feelings as evidence. Yeah, we do. We use it as evidence against our partner. Well, I'm feeling like shit. It's your fault that I'm feeling like shit. Yeah, that's right. We do. (laughs) We mistake a strong feeling for truth. A feeling is just telling us where our state of mind is. It's a feedback system to let you know your thinking's tanked. Well, is that? I know. It's amazing. I mean, this is my second long-term relationship with Robert. You know, I've been married and, and divorced previously and when I was having troubles in that marriage, we went to marriage counselling. And I look back now at just this conventional psychologist trying to muddle through our issues. And I think I think back now and I think it actually made it worse. That environment of having marriage counselling made us focus on all the negative things in a relationship. Like we never spoke about the positive stuff. It was just like, this is where you're wrong and this is why. And, and how are you going to change for me so you stop doing that? Yeah. Um, and you can't nuts. change another human being. You just can't. There's no, no point in trying. You cannot. <laughs> no, you can't. But when people don't feel so insecure, yeah. a whole new person does emerge. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's that whole thing, right? But when you've got two people sitting in a room with a lot of insecure thinking, yeah, mm. yeah, you're both emotionally unintelligent. You're not equipped to actually deal no. with anything, talk with anything, come from a place of understanding, listen. You know, too busy defending your position and looking to the other person to change. Yeah, mm. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And the other person, if I take the other person in this, in Emma's particular, uh, when she does have where her thinking's tanked and she's not feeling all that crap is we tend to enter into it with our own feelings about that and how that affects us rather than just going her thinking's tanked i've just got to leave her alone whereas in a relationship the expectation is i'm going to try and fix it you know i've got to go on whatever it is which makes it worse um (laughs) so by going well that's got nothing to do with me and it's actually got nothing to do with her either (laughs) I know, how awesome is that? And so uh, 
move on. Would you say that, you know, when there's a difference of opinion or when your thinking's tanked or you don't feel so good, that you're more likely to check in where you're at first as opposed to looking out and validating your thinking? I would say that probably I don't actively do that. It's sort of more, and obviously sometimes I don't at all, but it's becoming more of a natural state of, state of being. It's, it's just naturally occurring more and more as you practice the knowledge. And just being more relaxed about the universe has got our back. There's, there's a whole bunch of things that make you feel more relaxed about things all the time so you don't react. Which I think is a great thing for people to hear because you start off thinking, is this something I've got to apply? And it's not. It's, it's an understanding of the way human beings work. And once you see that, you naturally start to do those things. Like it, it occurs to you to look in as opposed to always looking out. Not that you do that 100% of the time. It's not the goal. It's not anything. But it just becomes this natural thing that starts to happen where you notice where you are as opposed to what the other person's doing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I often find, you know, if I'm starting to get a little bit irritated or um, short with people in my thinking, it's a good sign for me to just check in to see how I'm feeling. And most of the time it's because I'm tired or I haven't eaten. They're really simple biological things. In the course of a really busy day, you forget to be present to your basic needs sometimes. Sort of like extra sort of layer of awareness I guess that you come to in terms of your moods and feelings and where you're at in each moment. It validates itself not only just in how you function Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis but you also see it around you in in natural systems or in other things. Mm -hmm. You can't control the things outside of you so why are we trying to? We've just got to be with that that's inside and be very aware of, of being gentler on yourself. The fact that it's completely opposite to bettering ourselves, in other words, it's just saying, you are you, bloody fantastic as you are, there's just stuff that you've got to be aware of, validates itself as it goes along, which makes you feel more relaxed, which makes you feel more in tune with who you really are, which makes everything else start to work along. Like you said, when we, you know, when we raised the 2.116 million, I mean, that was never done in Australia before. That was a huge task. And we only had three months to raise that amount of money from the community. We would not have been able to do that without this understanding. We would just have cracked three or four weeks in. That was the journey we were on. Well, one because, of us would have left the, yeah, the it was project, just, you know, like it would have just been too much for both of us to handle, you know. Yeah, that's right. And being in business together it also is another extra dimension to our relationship. So, therefore, the understanding has multiplier effects in a good way. And in ways that you never anticipate. We don't walk around outside of ourselves looking at ourselves going, oh, yeah, you've improved in the last two years. It's very easy to kind of go through life and not realise your impact on other people, that your thinking and your behaviour and your feelings has on other people. It's very easy to be blind to all of that. It gives you that, I mean, it doesn't give you a full, like I don't feel like I have a full, I know I've got a lot of blind spots about my behaviour. but. I think those blind spots are getting revealed the more deeper I go into this stuff. In every new, new situation that I, I fall into, at, whether it's at work or home or with relatives or whatever, in situations, 
you can see the situation and how you maybe would have reacted previously and, and mm. now is completely different. It just doesn't upset you like it used to. We've got a new general manager that's come into the business, which has allowed me to take on a new role, which is what I'm, I'm really, really passionate about, which is fantastic. But there are some things about decisions that he's made about the business that would normally rub me up the wrong way, would really um, spark some vigorous and robust conversations, probably unnecessarily. But having this understanding has allowed me to sort of just let go, let go of those things that I know I can't control. But everyone's got their own style of how to do stuff. As long as they're not running it into the ground and making catastrophic decisions for the business, then it's just something we've got to trust and go with. All of those things you're talking about, getting over things quickly, not holding on to your thinking, noticing where you're at, they all create beautiful feelings of goodwill and they all have you in a better feeling within yourself. And, you know, this is one thing I'm always talking to people. It's not what you think. It's the quality of the feeling that you sit in. We get so caught up in the content of our thinking, which is the least interesting, least relevant thing. It really is. The content is not where it's at. It's not where the magic lies. It's the feeling you're in. And when you understand that and you know how to listen for a a deeper feeling, for a a good feeling, a powerful feeling, and, and I don't mean happy, positive. This isn't a positive psychology conversation. Not at all. This isn't, as you said, Robert, about more or better. This is waking up to the truth of who you are and living more from that place, which is the same for everybody. Yeah. That's right. This understanding clarified it for me, but back in the old days when you did personal growth, you you thought you had to be in this perpetual state of happiness, but I always thought, well, hang on, if someone's just died really close, you know, that's not probably appropriate to be happy or to be positive at that. And I've seen circumstances where that is you know, people believe that that's the case, that I have to be, be in this state of whatever. So nowadays, when I'm in a bit of a fun, it's just like, well, I'm in a bit of a fun. You know, you're it's, it's not, yeah, it's, whereas when you start to think, why am I in this funk? You know, how, how quickly am I getting out of this funk and feel guilty and uh, who am I letting down? And Well, that's the other thing about this understanding too. Because I come from a sort of a background of violence and of um, structural sort of, guilt, you know, out of the Catholic sort of church and this fear of God and this all this other stuff, I created another persona. So when I was out there in the world, I was someone different from who I really was because who I really was was scared and not really, you know, willing to take on those sort of things and there was a lot of fear wrapped up in it. So when you come to this understanding about, well, hang on, you're absolutely perfect the way you are, you drop all of that persona stuff over time, you become more and more comfortable with who you actually are, and that is such a gift to feel that, okay, I'm in a funk, great. I'm in a funk for a reason. I don't know what the reason is, but you're in a funk. And I think by the time you get to our age, we're sort of like, you know, we've been around long enough to have had big periods in our lives where we would normally be probably clinically assessed as depressed or have anxiety. And I don't want to minimise, you know, mental illness or anything like that because it is such a big issue in our society today. But I just feel that if I had have had this understanding earlier in my life, it would have definitely staved off some of those yep. deeper feelings of depression that, that we go through. Totally yeah. normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. No. It's tricky, isn't it? Because you don't want to normalise mental illness as being, well, in a way that minimises it. Do you know what I mean? In a way that kind of invalidates 
people's belief that they have depression or or a feeling low because then there's no compassion in that. But I really do believe that if more people had this understanding, there would be a whole lot less depression around and anxiety, that's for sure. As George Pransky says, you know, that most mental illness comes down to the difference between being secure in your thinking and insecure. And I, I really believe that's the case. Me too, me too. There's that wonderful quote of Sydney Banks that if less people were afraid of their experience, that yeah. alone would change the world. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that is everything. It's when we're frightened of the experience we're having that we then overcorrect or overthink or add layers and layers of thought to something that's not required, where yeah. it looks like we have to manage it, change it, fix it. And, um, and as you said before, Robert, you know, to know that moods are a normal thing and that my partner's in a low mood or I am, and it, and it doesn't really matter why. It's, it, finding out why isn't going to change it. But understanding the nature of it, that it passes, that we're only a thought away from a better feeling, from a different experience, that we, we have psychological well-being, we have this psychological immune system that's doing great, great, great work. It's just maybe we've not noticed it before, we haven't seen it. And you know, the more deeply you understand that, I think there's just so much more on offer in every given moment with any relationship, with our relationship with ourselves, with, you know, with anything. That's something that I've seen. Um, it's just for me, there's just so much more on offer. If I'm yeah. frightened by life, I know there's more on offer. I just can't see it right now. Nothing for me to do, nothing for me to manage, nothing for me to fix. It's just, I just can't see it. And that's fine. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. When I lost the farm many, many years ago and went through quite a lot of that depression, thankfully I had a brother who, who just allowed me to be sad for a while, be really, he just allowed me the space to come out of it at whatever time. There was no time frame on it. He didn't say to me, right, you can stay with me for a month and then you're out. He never said yeah. anything about it. I often think about that moment as if everyone had the opportunity to not have those expectations of I'm a failure and I'm a, you know, I need to fix, I need to fix it and I need to think way through it and I need to, it really takes away from the opportunity, as you were saying there. Like if I'm in a, a bit of a funk or I'm a bit this way or a bit that way, I now approach it as, okay, what's this going to show up for me? It's almost like I'm being guided somewhere. It's another signal to say there's something else out there that you might want to take a look at. And being in a whatever mood it is that puts you in is going to take you there rather than sort of trying to control it and, and pretend that it isn't happening, which, you know, and or thinking through it, which... Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, was that about your thinking and then the thinking about the thinking about the thinking? It's never the thinking, it's the thinking about the thinking about the thinking, right? And, you know, all of these things impact on how relatable we are, how we show up to each other, yeah. how we show up to the world. It all impacts all of it. It's so wonderful for people to hear that looking in this direction is something that it doesn't wear off. It, you have your moments, right? But we're not hiding from that. This isn't about escaping your humanness. This is about embracing it, enjoying the ride and knowing that it's an up and down journey. That's life. It is a gift. It's an amazing gift. Yeah. And, you know, the ups and the downs sort of end up not being as extreme in some ways. You know, I find for myself personally that, those extremes are, I mean, of course, you know, feel joy and love and, you know, deep sadness at times about things, but the potency of that feeling is a lot less, if you know what I mean. So I'm a lot more kind of fluid in how I respond to situations. Yeah. 
the greatest benefit in this understanding is in the opportunity that it presents to you going through the vicissitudes of life. If you see it as an opportunity to be fully human and to be more of you, then yeah. what a gift that is, rather than seeing it as, oh, I'm, you know, something you've got to fix or something I've got to change or something I should be feeling this way. It's seeing it as, as this opportunity for you to experience something that is going to present itself in a way which is going to surprise you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I love that. It's, it's so very, very true. So in other words, instead of resisting your experience, which is what really creates a lot of suffering, I have my experience without my experience having me. Yes. That has been life-changing in so many mm. ways. I have my experience mm. without it having me. Before, it was having me all the time and I was just mm. running scared. And hence why it was really, I can relate to you, Emma-Kate, about getting over stuff. I could never get over anything, let alone myself. You know, I always joke with my clients, if there was a self-righteous Olympic medal, the Australian anthem would be playing first, second and third because I would win it every single year. And I, I just could not get over myself before. I was too busy feeling justified for my experience, right? And then you do that when you look outside yourself. You can find a million reasons to justify your upset. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so real and honest with us. And I think it's so refreshing and so helpful for other people. Anytime, Fee. Good to talk, Fee. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukies.com.au where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.